Welcome to Permission to Love, a podcast where we have conversations about how we can transform our relationship with ourselves. I'm your host, Jerry Henderson. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, welcome back to a special episode of the Permission to Love podcast, where I'm actually addressing some of the questions that you submitted to me on Instagram. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, you can find me there at Jerry A. Henderson. So today's question is around the connection between shame and self-sabotaging behavior. Is there a connection? And if there is, what can we do about it? Well, I absolutely believe that there's a connection between them because shame is that idea or that sense that I'm unworthy, that I'm unlovable, that I'm fundamentally flawed, broken, and that there's something wrong with me. And so if I feel that way about myself, I'm going to sabotage good things that come into my life because I believe that I'm unworthy of them. So what is self-sabotaging? It is the things that we do and that we also don't do that hold us back in life and in relationships. So an example of something that we might do, we might have an interview in the morning and we stay out all night drinking. And so we go to the interview in the morning hungover and we don't show up as our best selves. We don't show up as our best version. And that is a self-sabotaging type of behavior. It's also in what we don't do. We might not even put our name in the hat for a promotion because we don't feel like we're worthy of it or we're afraid to put ourselves out there So we're sabotaging ourselves by not even taking action. So remember, it's not just what we do, it's what we also don't do that can sabotage us. And I think it's also important for us to note that self-sabotaging behaviors are trying to serve us. They're trying to bring us back into a comfort zone to something that's familiar, that's trying to keep us safe. And when we can view it that way, Once again, what it does is it's changing our energy that we have towards those behaviors as something that's trying to serve us. Why is it trying to serve us? What is it trying to do? That leads to that curiosity that then has a whole different energy than judgment that then allows us to learn and then to change. And this self-sabotaging behavior can show up in a lot of ways. It can show up in perfectionism procrastination. We can pick fights with somebody that we love because we're consciously and subconsciously trying to pick away at the relationship because we don't feel worthy of it. I love what Maureen Brady says. She says, sometimes we self-sabotage just when things seem to be going smoothly. Perhaps this is a way to express our fear about whether it is okay for us to have a better life. You see, that sense of shame says that I'm not worthy of a better life. So yes, shame is a key driver because I'm sabotaging the good things that are coming in my life because I don't believe that I'm worthy of them or that I deserve them. Or I might just avoid pursuing them because I'm afraid I'm going to lose them when I get found out for being the person who doesn't deserve them or when people find out who I really am, then I'm going to lose those things. So why even try to pursue them in the first place? So let's go ahead and just go through a quick list today of why shame and self-sabotaging are so linked. One, shame is trying to bring me back into my comfort zone of not feeling worthy or deserving. And when I start to get out of that comfort zone into something that feels good, that actually feels uncomfortable to my system because shame has become my home. Therefore, I want to sabotage myself back into that corner where I feel unworthy. Two, I may have never wanted this 
relationship or this career or this position or whatever I'm in, I may never have wanted it in the first place. But I did it because I thought I was supposed to, or maybe I was pushed into it, or I felt like it was the right thing to do. And now I'm feeling trapped in it. And so sabotaging myself or sabotaging the relationship or the position allows me to get out of it and find relief from something that I didn't want to be in in the first place. Three is it can be very linked to control. It can be linked to how I want this thing to play out. If the shoe's going to drop, I want to be the one to drop it. I believe that things are going to turn out bad, so I want to be in charge of how it turns out bad. Maybe I wasn't in charge of how things turned out bad as a child, and so in this scenario, I can be in control of how this thing's going to play out, and it gives me a sense of control in the sabotage and the bad things that are going to happen because now I'm the one who's sabotaging it, and I'm in control of when it happens how it happens, and then I have the story to tell instead of somebody else telling a story about me, which reinforces my shame. And number four, it really becomes around my core belief system of how I see myself. This might have come from trauma. This might have come from our upbringing. Whatever the story, whatever the history, whatever the pattern, I can't express enough how much this gets wired in our nervous system and how much it's not your fault that it got wired into your nervous system in the first place. We'll often judge ourselves harshly for the way that we feel and the way that we're showing up. But I want to get across the point that it is not your fault that that got wired into your system. However, we now have to figure out how to take responsibility to love ourselves enough to begin to heal it and move forward from it. So once again, not your fault that it got wired in your system, but we now have a responsibility to love ourselves enough to heal it and to repair our systems so that we can choose and keep the things that we're worthy of. And I love what Maya Angelou says. She says, the real difficulty is to overcome how you think about yourself. This is a lot of what that accountability is about, is overcoming how you think about yourself, which was often handed to you. And so don't shame yourself for the origins of it, but let's then take the invitation and the loving journey to begin to rewire it and to begin to reprogram it. So how do we begin to address it? Well, number one, let's start with making sure that the decisions that we make the relationships that we get into, the jobs and the roles that we get into are aligned with our core values and that we actually sit and reflect and think about whether or not this is something we truly want or something that we feel like we're being pushed into or that we should do. And that's not easy, but it's easier to make that decision on the front end than having to figure out how to unwind it later. And if we don't get into it, then we don't have to sabotage ourselves out of it, which will then produce more shame in our life. The second thing that we can do to begin to address it is notice when we start to do it or notice how we begin to go about it. How am I feeling before I want to sabotage this? What is it that's going on in my system? Am I feeling afraid? Is it the inner critic that's coming alive? Am I thinking of somebody else's expectations about me? Am I thinking about a previous failure and replaying that in my mind? So how does it begin to feel? 
What's the mental chatter that begins to happen? What are the images? How am I beginning to catastrophize it in my mind? And then what is the story that I'm building from that? Becoming familiar with that is important because it allows us to see when it's happening, when it's starting, and begin to address it as quickly as possible. And it also allows us to see that it is a pattern, which is a behavior, and it's not us. Once again, key piece of working with shame is de-identifying from it, saying that it's not us, it's a belief system, it's a pattern, but it's not who we are as a person. The third thing that we can do is truth check it. Your brain has become biased to seeing the negative. Your brain has become biased to seeing what might go wrong, which is often a trauma response. You had to be vigilant. You had to be aware of what could go wrong and build strategies and put things in place to cope with that possibility. So you've become really good at seeing the negative and the danger and what might happen, and you've become good at finding ways to build protection mechanisms. But unfortunately, what that's done is it sometimes has blinded us to the positive, the positive about ourselves, the positive about what's happening in the scenario or in the relationship. So truth checking is writing out the things that are good about yourself, good about the relationship, and good about the situation that you're in, and providing yourself evidence that you can go to to see that you are worthy of being in this relationship or in this job or in this state that you're in in life. And what I like to do as soon as I've identified that I'm beginning to feel the ways that we just talked about before, once again, that's why it's important that we know when it's beginning to show up and disrupt it so that now we can come in and truth check it. I want to do it right away. As soon as I begin to feel that way, have a list or something that I can go to and begin to look at and say, no, that's not true. These things aren't true. Here's what is true. And then that begins to help rewire my system and helps me begin to look at the positive. And then I'm a lot less likely to start trying to sabotage myself out of the situation. The fourth thing is about addressing those core beliefs, the base of where it comes from, the foundation of where that stuff comes from. Sharon Sandberg says, all of our actions can signify self-love, or self-sabotage. And my core beliefs about who I am as a person and what I believe about myself and how I see myself is either going to show up as self-loving behaviors towards myself or self-sabotaging behaviors towards myself. So it's no surprise that I'm going to be talking about giving yourself permission to love yourself as a way to address the core belief. Because if the core belief is I'm unworthy of this thing, of this relationship, of this job, of whatever it is, then I have to begin to show myself that I am worthy of it. And the way that I begin to show myself that I am worthy of it is I begin to address that core belief that I'm not worthy of love and I'm not worthy of good things. And how I do that is by action. I begin to show myself, I begin to let my brain see me taking action towards myself that is loving. So in doing things that show my brain that I am worthy of good things and I am worthy of love, I'm going to do something good for myself. It may just be a very small thing, but you're going to take a moment and you're going to do something nice for yourself. You're going to show yourself that you're worthy of that and you're going to try to do that without 
guilt. You're going to talk to yourself differently. You're not going to beat yourself up. Tell yourself why you're so unworthy because now your brain begins to hear you talk about the fact that you are worthy, that you believe that you can do this, that you believe that you deserve this. So we're going to change the language that we use. Now, fifth thing that we want to do is we want to begin to visualize and create emotion around our success, around us succeeding. Because think about the way that you're easily able to see yourself failing, the emotions that that brings to you, the anxiety that that creates, the sense of panic or the sense of failure. All of it feels very real in that moment and nothing has happened, right? You've not failed, things haven't fallen apart, but you can feel it as if it did and you're already spiraling into a place where it's happened and your body, your emotions and your thinking, you're visualizing it, you're seeing it all. So we're going to do the exact same thing, but we're going to replace it with your success. We're going to see you succeeding. We're going to feel you succeeding. We're going to talk about you succeeding. And so that visualization is the same energy. You know, faith and fear, they take the same amount of time and the same amount of energy, but they produce two very different results. So we're going to get you to sit there and have faith in yourself that you're able to do this. You're going to see it. You're going to feel it. And you're going to ask yourself, what does that person do? How does that person behave? How does that person walk? How does that person talk? And that is going to begin to rewire you and begin to rewire your belief system about yourself because you're visualizing and seeing yourself doing it and your body's feeling it and it's counteracting all of the negative false belief systems. And finally, number six, the last thing I want to encourage us to do is to begin to expand our comfort zone. If shame wants to put us back in its comfort zone, if self-sabotaging behavior is about getting us back into our comfort zone, how can I begin to expand my comfort zone? I want to see myself being successful. I want to begin to take those risks. They can be micro risks. They can be medium-sized risks. They can be mega risks, whatever. But micro risks are those things that we do that just stretch us just a little bit more and they give us an extra dose of confidence. And that extra dose of confidence begins to show us that, hey, I can do this. I'm not a fraud. I am able to do things. I am able to push myself a little bit more. And I'm expanding my comfort zone. And I'm expanding my view of myself to somebody who is a winner, somebody who deserves good things, who is moving forward and is making progress and isn't afraid to take risks and doesn't want to sabotage themselves out of the beauty of the life that they deserve. I want to make shame uncomfortable and I want to make love and success comfortable. So I have to make what feels familiar unfamiliar and I have to make what feels unfamiliar familiar. So winning and having a sense of confidence might feel very unfamiliar to you. So we want to make that feel more familiar so that when our bodies begin to see us doing that and our brains and our systems begin to see us doing that, it doesn't want to pull back from it. And one of the ways that we can make that feel more familiar is by doing small things where we feel success and we feel wins and we feel confident about ourselves and we're okay being in that zone and now we're less likely to shame ourselves out of it. Dale Carnegie, one of the great authors around success, says, inaction breeds doubt and fear. 
Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit at home and think about it. Go out and get busy. So what we're doing is we're expanding our comfort zone by going out and getting busy. And once again, it's okay to think in micro wins, in micro expansions of our comfort zone. Listen, 30 days from now, if you've just done one thing each day that's just micro adjusted that comfort zone, your comfort zone is going to be a lot bigger 30 days from now than it is today if you do nothing. So sometimes we think we have to do all these big audacious things and we get paralyzed. We don't do anything, but a little progress each day winds up being big progress over time. So let's recap. Yes, there is a connection between shame and self-sabotaging because shame wants to keep us in our comfort zone of feeling unworthy, broken, unlovable, and undeserving. And self-sabotaging is not only what we do, it's also what we don't do. And there are these tools that we can use to begin to expand ourselves, to begin to grow ourselves and change our core beliefs and to change our comfort zone so that we can realize that we are worthy of good things, we are worthy of love, And a big piece of that is just giving ourselves the permission to love ourselves. So let me close with this. It's from an unknown author. It says, just for today, just for today, I will not sabotage anything. Not my relationships, not my self-esteem, not my plans, not my goals, not my hopes, not my dreams. So just for today, I think we can do that, that if we'll just focus in on today, to not sabotage anything, not my relationships, not my self-esteem, not my plans, not my goals, not my hopes, and not my dreams, we'll begin to teach ourselves that we're worthy of those things in our life and that we're worthy of our own love. I hope today's episode was valuable to you, that you gained some insights that are useful for you on your journey. If you did, I just want to ask that you would rate it, review it, and most importantly, that you would share it with somebody else because you never know the impact that it can have in their life. And finally, don't forget to subscribe because that'll let you know when new episodes are coming out. I want to encourage you as well that if you do need more resources, you can find me on jerryhenderson.org. That's my website. You can also find me on Instagram at jerryahenderson. Feel free to reach out to me there. Send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. I'm really grateful that you're here. And please don't forget, you are worthy of your own love.